Did you know that while you're busy snoozing away in dreamland, your body is busy repairing itself and your brain is actually cleaning itself out and organizing your memories? Sleep, to me, is the foundation for a better life. It's something we have to do well day after day, week after week, year after year, if we want to achieve the goals that we have for ourselves. But there are things that we do, myself included, whether we're aware of them or not, that greatly affect the quality of the sleep we get for better or for worse. So today, I want to share with you a few things that I do to make sure I get a decent or great night's sleep. And if you're someone that because of the demands of life, could be parenting, could be work, could be other reasons where you can't get a good sleep, I also want to share a few things that you can do to compensate for the lack of sleep. So let's start with what it takes to get a good night's sleep. So I want to keep today's episode pretty short and sweet. I just want to share with you the things that I do to improve my sleep and of course give you some things that you can add to your life if sleep is something that you just simply can't get. Now as I've said before, if you have real problems in any department of your life, I don't know that this podcast can necessarily help you. I would like to think that maybe I can offer some tools that you can add to your toolkit as you continue to do that work in your life. So if it's a serious problem with insomnia, I'm not sure that this is going to help all the way, but it may be something that you can use as food for thought. Now, if you're looking to level up in life, to have more energy, to make better decisions, to feel better, to feel more grounded, and to see the gains that you want to see in all areas of your life, whether that's physical, mental, spiritual, perhaps I can offer a few things to take you up one more step. And by all means, let me know if these things that I'm offering are helpful to you. Drop a comment on YouTube below, even drop a comment in the Q&A on Spotify, or leave a review. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about getting a better night's sleep. So I think the number one thing that really contributes to my sleep is tiring myself out, actually expending energy during the day so that when the time comes to sleep, I actually feel exhausted. So, you know, I commit to weightlifting three or four, five times a week, walk every day, and also many days out of the month, I do also have a fairly physical job working in video production. So consider that for yourself. If you work a job where you are sitting a lot, make that time to move, right? Make that time to get a a quick burst of exercise in. Even if you're having to chase the kids around, get up, get moving, put your body through those processes so it knows it needs to rest. And this can include mental exertion as well, reading, puzzles, games, some form of problem solving. I really do think that using the brain and using the body for what they naturally want to do helps sort of set a routine where we get up, we do what we got to do, and then we need to rest and recover from all those processes. I would also say, and this has been my experience, and I've also heard about this uh, from much more qualified people than myself, get a, get a walk in in the morning or at least get out and get some sunlight in your eyes. Now, don't stare at the sun, but get some morning daylight, morning sunlight in your eyes, on your face, first thing or early on in the morning. That helps set the circadian rhythm. That in a way tells our body, okay, it's morning now, so roughly 8, 10, 12 hours from now, I'm going to be thinking about needing to fall asleep. And so secondly then is to have a nighttime or a bedtime routine. And in some weird way, that morning walk, getting that morning sunlight is actually part of the nighttime routine, the sleep routine. But beyond that, I really try and not be on the computer after after supper time, after about 7 p.m. If I have to, 
I definitely recommend using blue light blocking glasses. You can get you can get them on Amazon. I actually bought a pair recently from a company called Horus X. They're they're very very strong. The lenses are like a dark orange, and if you have to be on the computer or really any blue light emitting device, use these blue light blocking glasses because on some level our body does not really know where that light is coming from. If it sees white or blue light, it assumes it's sunlight and it, it really has a hard time knowing, well, what time of day is it? It disrupts that circadian rhythm and it really can hurt our sleep. So again, just as I walk in the morning, I also go for a walk after supper, start to see that late day sun. And again, that helps to set that circadian rhythm over time. Your body now has a sense of when the sun is coming up and going down and it starts to build a sleep schedule naturally around those two points. And then I do sort of have a, a nighttime routine after that walk not too much blue light devices. Try and put the phone away a good couple hours before bed. The phone certainly does not come into the bedroom. There's no laying in bed on the phone. And there's certainly no grabbing the phone first thing in the morning. I have a second phone with, you know, no data, no nothing that I use as an alarm clock. I just look at it quickly enough to set the time and then put it away. And it's important to do things that can sort of ease the mind as you get later into the day. For me, I, I write in my journal when it's time for bed, maybe drink a cup of chamomile tea, start to dim the lights in the house, loud noise, loud music, that starts to go away. Don't do a ton of physical exertion. Start to sort of gear down and prepare the body to fully fall asleep. Another thing I've been experimenting with is stretching before bed. And you can actually stretch in bed too, if you like. And I'm not going to tell you how to stretch, it's your body. You know where the tension lies. If it's in that lower back, if it's in the hips, shoulders, neck, give yourself a full body stretch, even just 10 minutes. Work out that tension, it helps to relax the body. As well, you don't necessarily wanna to go to bed full of water, having been drinking water all night long. I wouldn't say that's a good idea, but a little bit of water before bed surely seems to help. And I, I for sure am gonna get up at least once in the night to use the washroom. After doing so, I have also just a quick sip of water and a quick stretch. Even if it's four in the morning and your eyes are glued shut and you're, you know, staggering around in the hallway, take a minute just to stretch, reset the body, drink some water, a few deep breaths, and then dive back into that sleep. Now, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, the brain uses sleep as a chance to detoxify itself. It's, it's pretty crazy. You should actually look up the science for yourself. But in sleep, cerebrospinal fluid is able to move more freely and it washes through the brain and through the glymphatic system, or so I'm told, it actually removes toxins from the brain. But what I've also found and what I've heard is that to allow this brain detoxifying to go on, it's important not to eat too much before bed. I try and actually stop eating about three hours before I'm going to go to bed. Now, some nights that doesn't happen. We all like to uh, <laughs> get into some nighttime eating from time to time, but just know that as far as I can tell you, the brain detoxifies itself during sleep and not having digestion going on at the same time allows this process to happen more efficiently. And I'm sorry to tell you, but one of the worst killers of your sleep is alcohol. Sure, it's great at putting you to sleep if you have enough of it, but it really, really affects the quality of the sleep. Now, I'm lucky as well that most days I don't have to set an alarm. So if that's the case for yourself, it's easy to get into a really wacky sleep schedule. But one of the most important things I've found for sleep quality is to have a regular sleep schedule. You know, try and get in bed around the same time every night 
and try and get up. Now that's easy for some people if you if you work a nine to five job or you've got other demands in life that sort of bookend when you can sleep. But at the same time, it's important to mindfully know, okay, I'm going to get in bed at 11. I would sure like to sleep until seven. That might not happen, but I want to at least be aware. I'm, this is the eight hour block I'm trying to fill with sleep. As well, I try not to rely on anything to fall asleep. Although I always said that for years and now I find I may have strayed from that. What I've understood about prescription drugs and marijuana, which is very common that people use it to sleep, is that it may help you fall asleep. It doesn't necessarily help you get a good restful sleep. Now, of course, I cannot tell you what to put in your body or what not to put in your body. You have to do that research for yourself. Trying to limit any crutch really is going to allow for better sleep habits over the long term. Now, I should say I do take a melatonin supplement, and this is complete quack science, what I'm about to say. But I choose to do this because my understanding is that melatonin is produced in the pineal gland of our brain. Many, many things that we do, including fluoride in our water and the blue light that is emitted from those devices, is very hard on the pineal gland, and it will reduce melatonin production. So I look at it as I'm trying to boost something that naturally occurs within me as it is. Now, there's also plenty of benefits to melatonin. It helps to regulate your sleep cycles, and it's proven to not be habit-forming. It is a naturally occurring compound. So as much as I say, don't have a crutch that helps you with your sleep, you may say that I also am using melatonin as somewhat of a crutch to get a better sleep. And lastly, let's talk about when we get in bed. A lot of the times, hey, life is stressful, we're busy, we are on the phone, we're having conversations, we're dealing with things that go on in life and we just crash into bed and it's we're, we're kind of at 100 and we hit the pillow at 75 and it's hard to get right down to zero, if you will, to sleep. Again, you're planning what time, if you can. I try to plan what time I'm going to get in bed. And I have to know that before then, I need to start gearing down. When you're in bed, that's an invitation to start being mindful. A lot of people, and I was this way too for, for a while, they say, well, I put on a show, I put on a TV show, a Netflix show to fall asleep to, or I fall asleep listening to an audiobook. I can't tell you what to do or not to do. To me, that seems like a really bad idea, to fall asleep with blue light, blasting in your face but it's hard right because when we when we do want to go to sleep quite often that's when our mind is going to start running wild with all the things that we're anxious about all the things that we're apprehensive about but as best as you can when your head hits the pillow close those eyes take control of your breath you, you have nothing else to do begin to take control of your breathing and this is a chance to start working on meditation or basically just centering. A thought comes through your mind, allow it to come in. Don't ruminate, don't go nuts on that thought and then push it away. Actually move your eyes back so they're facing forward or straight up. Don't let them be flicking around as you're thinking and let that thought pass and do your best to just focus only on the breathing and the darkness and let those thoughts stay to the edges and eventually fall away. Temperature is also very important when it comes to sleep. My understanding is that, you know, it's it's tough to get a good sleep when we are too warm. And our body likes to distribute or get rid of heat from the soles of our feet, our forehead, and the palms of our hands. So when I lay in bed, I'll cover up, but I'll have my feet sticking out and my hands sticking out. And that helps me to get to a decent temperature. You may have to have a fan in the room 
when it's extremely hot in the summer, I actually have been putting a gel ice pack underneath my pillowcase and it sits on my neck and that really helps bring my temperature down and I've been able to fall asleep quick even on those hot 30 degree Celsius evenings up here in <laughs> Northern Canada. So that's really all I have for you. I tried to just sort of share a laundry list of that which we can do to improve our sleep. Now, let's say you have little kids. Let's say you're maybe doing shift work. Let's just say life is busy and sleep is not an option for you. So I have here, it's an AI generated list of things that we can do when we cannot sleep. What are some things that we can do to compensate for our lack of sleep? I'll share a few of these with you. I'll also make this list available to you as well in the show notes. Number one, obviously strategic napping. Short 20 to 30 minute naps early on in the day apparently have proven to be helpful. If you can't get a full night's sleep, maybe you can sneak away for a quick nap and that'll apparently start to help compensating, right? Sleep affects so much in our life. Decision-making, appetite, our physical health, our body repairs while we sleep. Any amount of sleep you can get, even if it's during a nap, 20 or 30 minutes is going to help, at least help you get one foot up and start to feel those improvements. Also, if sleep is something that you just can't do well, something that you don't have the time for, for whatever reason, know that that is going to greatly affect the decisions you make around food. Do your best to mindfully eat well and stay hydrated. And definitely, and again, I know if I'm talking to shift workers, if I'm talking to parents, this is just going to, you're going to laugh at me, but Wherever possible, avoid excessive stimulant use, caffeine and nicotine especially. Very common, very easy to get our hands on. It's a nice crutch. I'm with you there. <laughs> but just know that if you're not sleeping and the tendency is to want to go for that stimulant, it is going to then affect the sleep you can get. See if you can at least get a handle on that stimulant intake. And again, realize that because you're not sleeping well, your emotions are going to be out of control. I suppose... Lack of sleep could be an invitation to mindfulness. Know that stress is going to rise easy. Emotional control is going to fall away at times. You, you, you are likely to make poor decisions from time to time. It may be an invitation to come home and say, all right, I got to just maybe slow down in life here a little bit. I'm not getting the rest I need, so I cannot operate at 100%. Can I go through life at 75 a little slower, a little more mindful of each step? All right. We'll leave it there for now. Again, I'll make that entire list available to you. Please let me know if any of this was helpful. I'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comments, the Spotify Q&A, a review on Apple Podcasts, or get in touch with me directly on Facebook. Until we speak again, please remember that better is possible.